And now, rate that album, season three, with Paul Muadib and Joe Fremming, two guys who know stuff. Hi, welcome back to Rate That Album, back and forth album review between myself, Joseph Fremming, and my good friend, Paul Muadib. Paul, how are you doing? How, how, how am I doing? Um... Uh, I'm rotten. How are you doing? <laughs> oh, God, Paul. Oh, this was bad. Yep. Uh, so we decided to do a little experiment. Uh, well, I did. And Paul was game. And we picked uh, one of the top 50 albums of 2022 so far. Paul picked the album Great Dead in the Middle, which, given what we got, and the uh, state of indie music at this point, I am not entirely shocked by what we got. So what we are talking about today is a band, Porridge Radio, albums called Waterslide, Diving Board, Ladder to the Sky. So, Paul, let's get your first thoughts on this. I want to get your thoughts because I have a lot. Yeah, you know, so do I. So this is, I think, Joe... And, you know, pulling the curtain back a little bit, as it were, I, I, you and I have said to the audience many times, we typically don't talk uh, in between when we, about the things. But I think this is the most you and I have talked about an album, I think, the entire the podcast. And it wasn't much, but it was enough where we kind of knew where both of our thoughts were. Yeah. Um, boy. Um, if this is on the top, what was it, 45, 44? Yep. Um, albums of 2022, we're in a rough spot. <laughs> I think we've been in a rough spot with music, uh, especially indie rock, for at least more than 10 years. I'll kind of get into it with that, but this kind of, uh, it's also part of the problem with this album. So, uh before we get into my views, uh, what are your what are your thoughts on this album going in? So going in, um, I, I'm, thank you for bringing up. So I'm gonna I, I I don't like repeating myself track by track and doing things like that. There is a lot going on here, um, and I think for me, the big thing that I have here is this is one of the issues that we have with newer artists, and I've falling in a trope with it as well. And again, I'm not as successful as even these guys are. So um, in terms of my music and what we did, but I've seen a lot of artists do it. I've toured with artists and performed with artists that have done it in other bands is that there's a fine line between um, taking inspiration from your musical idols and trying to do what your musical idols do with your own style and I feel this one, you and I talked a little bit about it, so I'll bring it up to the audience. Right away, on every single track, I don't, is to me, like, Porridge Radio, the lead singer, she is absolutely, has to be enthralled with the Dresden Dolls, um, Amanda Palmer. Uh, the lead singer, Amanda Palmer. To the point where I was convinced for two days that this was an Amanda Palmer project. And part of the reason why I thought that was Amanda Palmer, and we'll get into it at some point when we do the Dresden Dolls, whenever that may be. Um, but she got into some big controversy with using Kickstarter to help 
fun, some music, and gotten some deep shit for this. Um, for like what some of the um, uh, the what are they called? Um, the uh, when you get them when you hit certain levels at Kickstarter. Uh, shit, the name's escaping me right now. But you know those stretch goals and things that you get, like basically the money in that she was getting was for things like if you promote, if you donate this much or give us this much on Kickstarter, we'll give you free hugs at and drinks and free merch at the um, at the concert. And it's like, well, wait a minute. If you needed this money for this album, why the fuck are you giving out free shit at the con? Like, there was some weird shit that went on with that and it got her some backlash and it's not yeah, the it's first like time weird payment thing where thank you, you know, yes you like uh, you get the uh the this is what you get if you donate so such and such money mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah i didn't know she got in trouble for that but. she did she did and the thing was was that um um and she earned a lot of money from it by the way she she only asked for a hundred thousand she ended up getting like 102 um but yeah it was um it was kind of a big deal. She did get in some deep, like, not trouble with Kickstarter, but, like, people were scrutinizing, like, what it was, and she had to kind of walk some things back and then to change some things. And that part of the money didn't go to pay, like, it was to do this album, but the money didn't go to pay those musicians. That the musicians she got with that money were entitled to the free beer, hugs, and merch. And, and they oh. started coming forward and being like, hey, we were on this album. We didn't get paid. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a lawsuit, huh? You, uh, yeah, it was a big you, deal. Even if you perform, you you perform on an album, you get royalties for that. Even you know, mm-hmm. like that's yes. So Amanda Palmer, I mean, she's put out albums, you know, since then and things like that. But there's always been a little bit of some controversy. It's not the first time that she's gotten in kind of in trouble in the, in the media um, and that type of thing. And it's just what happens in this day and age. So I can't really get um, you know too much into it. But yeah, um, that is why I was convinced for like two days. I'm like, this is Amanda Palmer. Like, this is a side project, which I think is weird because she is married to Neil um, Gaiman, who is also in Dresden Dolls, the other member of it. Really, it's just the two of them that are for the most part in that. So I thought it was kind of odd she was doing this without her husband. But then after looking into the band a little bit, which I don't typically do in our picks, but I had to. I was like, oh, my God, this has to be it. I was surprised. And it took me another day to finally let it like go, okay, this isn't a Dresden Doll side project. Um, so that's number one. The other one that's all over this is Nico. Nico, 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 Nico is all over this album as well. So uh, that's kind of my, and I'll get into different artists each song um, because there are other ones from this, but it's kind of like my big struggle, Joe, at least with this one was I'm reminded of other artists and I would, my ADHD got to me really bad because I listened to a track and I'd be like, God, that reminds me of this song from this artist. And I go and listen to that. God damn it. I have to get back to this. And then I listen to the next. I'm like, Oh shit. That's like this band. That was my dilemma through this entire album. Yeah. So my dilemma with this was it's, uh, it's so derivative of indie rock from 99 to 2010. Mm Mm-hmm. It sounds, it sounded like so many things. And I have a list of things that it reminded me of in no particular order, Paul. 
I heard Silver Jews in this, Purple Mountaintops. I heard Postal Service. I heard The Shins. I heard Cat Power. And I heard Bell and Sebastian. I heard <laughs> The Vaselines. Um, yep. I heard The Cranberries. Uh, I heard The Hold Steady. Uh, it sounds like, it felt to me like a, you know, like the Ruddles was a parody of the Beatles and like the songs sound vaguely like Beatles songs. Yep. This felt like the Ruddles of indie rock from 99 to 2010. Yes. Um, I'm glad you said that. I heard Bell and Sebastian. I heard Bright Eyes. I heard Pavement. I heard Modest Mouse. I heard Snow Patrol. I heard Mazzy Star. Um, I, I heard, heard the Frightened Rabbit. I heard the Rolling Stones uh, in this, and I'll get to that song when we get there. Um, yeah, there is, um, and I heard the Cranberries, and um, I'm glad you brought that one up because I, I there was another song there. I was like, oh my god, who does this remind me of? I'm like, it's the Cranberries. Once you said it, I was like, thank you, God. It was bothering me for two weeks. So I believe my quote was, <clears throat> "This band." Asked, dared to ask the question, what if the Cranberries didn't have any talent? So, yeah, I'm not going to go, well, I'm not going to go that far into it, but let's, let's, let, let's go, I mean, what do you know uh, of Porridge Radio? Let's, let's start there. Like, I don't know much about it. I just, I got the wiki up, uh, British band from Brighton, started in 2015, fronted by, uh, Singer, songwriter, lead guitarist Dana Mar Margolin. Uh, the other members are Georgie Scott, Georgie Stott, uh, Maddie Ryle, and uh, Sam Yardley. Uh, I'm not. I just what's a British band? They're on one of. The, so whenever somebody suggests a band to me and they're on this label, there's a 99% chance I won't listen to it. They're the secret can secretly Canadian. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a it's a label that puts out boring indie rock that just just makes me just my eyes glaze over. I could not be any less interested in the this the stuff that secretly Canadian puts out. Mm. It's a warning. It's like uh, there's other labels like that too. Sub pop has turned into that to me because I've leaned really into like weird pop music that I just don't really give a shit about. Uh, yeah, it's this is just this was. Uh, it sounds exactly like Secretly Canadian. It's indie rock from 2008 uh, recycled into an album in 2022, and that was basically my biggest sticking point because this is like I've heard all this before. Just slightly mm -hmm. different. Yeah. No, um, there was a lot here that I heard. And that's one of the problems when you do something like that. Um, is when you start doing things that are other people, it becomes an issue. Right? In terms of, because then, like, people like you and I that are familiar with some of these artists, we go, oh, man... That my, like I said, there was this, like, I, I mean, I love the Dresden Dolls, but they haven't put on an album in a long time. Amanda's been doing kind of her own stuff, her own solo stuff. And I um, immediately was like, found myself going back to the Dresden Dolls catalog, and I'm going, no, I have to review this album. And, you know, so, I mean, and the other thing with it is, um, is it is that lo-fi, sad core thing that i should enjoy 
on paper, I should like this album. It's um, not even the thing is it's like it tries to be lo-fi, but it's so produced that it it's yes. Like Wolf, you know, like another band that I was getting vibes from this was uh, the band Why. Uh, I don't know if you ever listened to them, but it's, it's kind of the same thing with like the the keyboards and you know the off kilter uh, vocals. But yeah, I wouldn't even call this lo-fi because it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> it try it tries to sell it that way, but it's not. I, whoever produced this album needs to be not producing albums let me put it that way um whoever whoever it's sat by not even really my big gripe because it's what it is it's they did with it the problem is with the songs well yes and i mean i guess in my opinion i kind of look at this and i go as we'll get through it you know song as we start kind of going by tracks i know we're giving a lot away here ahead of time but there's quite a few songs where I felt like they were middling and meandering musically, where it was like, okay, you're doing this, but there's nothing, there's no hook, and there's nothing really interesting here. And whoever, at the end of it, when they got done recording, went, yes, that's it, can it, that's, that's, that's exactly the way the song needs to be, needs to be fired. Because he did nobody, that person, I shouldn't say he, that person... Male or female, whoever did that, did this band a disservice. And I get, I mean, if this really is on the, I mean, I, 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 I know it's on the top, you know, that top list that you have. Uh, there, I'm guessing there's a steep drop off from uh, one point down to whatever. Because I would not put this on, I don't think, any top list in terms of um, the best thing of a, of a particular year. Are we really this the void of music right now, Joe? I would argue, yeah, <laughs> but Fair that's enough. just because I think uh, I've had, I've been uh, of the opinion that indie indie rock is even toward the end of like even a lot two thousand nine onward. I would argue indie rock has been on life support. It's for just, the most part, bands bands are just trying to either recapture what they once had or their new bands trying to recapture that sound from you know late 90s neutral milk hotel onto you know postal service fucking you know bright eyes shins all that stuff and it's just uh it's not it doesn't work like there's exceptions of obviously but i just uh i have not i can't really think in the past 12 years, I, I think there's maybe even five indie rock albums that I've liked. It's been it's been tough. I mean, there are, I think, certain ones out there. I do tend to lean towards indie rock a little bit more. Um, I do, th but I do agree with you in terms of it is it's hard. I, I I'm going to take a tangent here. And I was talking with a buddy of mine that I haven't talked to in years. And we started talking again recently. And our big thing that we had bonded over was video games. And we were discussing um, some of the gaming stuff earlier today, actually, um, while I was driving in the car. And the thing that we were kind of, uh, that we were bringing up was, it feels like right now in the gaming industry, especially, 
there's been no real innovation. It's just been rehashing, remasters, redoing, or games making love letters to other game to other games. And I feel like that's where we are right now, just in media in general. I, I absolutely. I mean, let's go back even to movies. Uh, Joker movie. Mm-hmm. It's just a love letter to Martin Scorsese, and then. I remember watching it. It's like, well, I could rather I'd rather be watching Taxi Driver, right? King right. of Comedy, which are the two influences on that movie. And or for me, like the Batman, the new the Batman, right? I remember talking my to our buddy Scott, and he's like, "Hey, what did you think of the Batman?" I said, "I liked it better when it was R rated and called Seven. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I enjoy it as a Batman movie, sure. And, you know, they were like, well, what did you think of uh, Colin Farrell? And I'm like, that could have been Richard, uh, what's his name? Richard Kind. Richard Kind, yeah. I said that could have been Richard Kind. Um, but, yeah, good for Colin Farrell for getting a Richard Kind costume. I mean, I enjoyed it. I'm not being, you know, that way. And, uh, and I, I try to make that very apparent when we do these things. It's not just to shit on things because I do enjoy things um, very much. Um, and I was, I'm always interested in, in this. So, you know, when this was on a best of list also, I think that also, I think maybe set our expectations in a different spot, right? Because one list I found, this is number five on the best indie rock album. This is number five on a list that that I found at one point. Yep. This is, you know, I want to say they're a young band, but they've been out since 2000. 15 so it's they're not young they got like six not, or seven albums i think yeah it's so i mean it's if this was like their first album i'd probably be a little more forgiving yep but like when this is it and these are the lyrics you're offering and it's and that's another was a sticking point for me and i you know I, is just how generic so the, not only is the music kind of boring and just reminds me of other bands I'd rather be listening to. The lyrics really didn't help. And the, the weird thing is, is the singer, uh, she has a very distinctive voice, which I normally gravitate to because I like things that sound different. And it, it didn't, it just kind of made, <laughs> made things worse for me. Well, and, and for me, it was the opposite. Like, again, I was convinced this was Amanda, uh, Amanda um, Palmer. Because she sounds very much like her, but I went back and listened to some Amanda Palmer and listened to some Dresden Dolls, and I realized she doesn't have the range that the singer here in Porridge Radio doesn't have the range that Amanda Palmer has. And and typically, there's a lot of Connor Oberst vocally here. It's with the being able to kind of do the wavering singing, like you're almost crying that Connor Oberst has been very famous for and kind of, he wasn't the first one to do it, but he definitely is the one that made it big. Um, and I felt like it was almost like a less vocal ranged version, female version of Connor Oberst. I don't like putting people in that kind of position or co- that kind of comparison, but yeah, it's like, it was like if Nico case was a little had a little bit of a higher voice but was shaky i mean that's what we got out of it now 
I'm going to say something here. I know we've been kind of, you know, bashing it for a little bit here, but I don't think I hated this album nearly as much as you did. Well, that's, I, because they're leaning so heavy on that particular sound from those particular years in which I had to sit in a store and listen to this shit Mm -hmm. for like seven, eight hours. It, yeah, it, I don't, one, it just reminds me of these bands that, I didn't want to listen to two. And it just, it was in 2022. I shouldn't be hearing an album that sounds like 2008. You know what I mean? Like there is that there is just, definitely uh, that. Just, it, that just, that bothers me to an extent. And then the vocals again, are just reminded me of uh, the David Berman stuff with silver Jews, where he does the talk singing type of thing. Mm-hmm. Same yeah. with the Craig Finn from Hold Steady, where you know, like I'm, I'm hearing that, and I'm just like, with the, but the difference between them and this is that their lyrics are at least they have a cleverness to them. Well, not only that, but their music doesn't meander. Their music has hooks. Their music has makes sense. Uh, I always say I Hold Steady meanders a bit, but sure. But you know, but yeah, but the vocal the, with the lyrics though, if you're going to be relying so heavily on the vocals and the lyrics, you better have something to say and like say it well. And that'd be my argument. And yes. here we have like songs where uh, they just refrain, like I don't want to be loved over and over <laughs> and over, and it's like what. <laughs> Yeah, it's, we fuck it. And then, like, not only that, they refrain that same melody throughout other parts of the album. Yep. Yes. Yes, they do. And uh, that's what I'm, well, as you know, that's one of my cardinal sins is overuse of, of, of the same lyrics over and over and over. Now, going back to something you said earlier, which was if it was their first album, we'd be more forgiving. Now, I will say that I did um, want to try and be fair with this one as much as I could. And I went back and listened to some of their older stuff, thinking maybe this was a departure, maybe this is something that they're doing a little bit differently. It sounds like all their fucking albums are like this. And the problem is, it's very limited in terms of what it is. So the fact that this is your sixth album doing it, maybe lyrically, the first couple albums maybe were a little bit more up there and maybe that's probably why this is on a list like as you and i both know typically artists that have been around for a while and established on on lists like you know for example we've talked about with many times of rolling stone is a lot of times they get a pass because it's just that band putting out an album it's like oh my gosh they put out another album regardless if it's good bad or whatever we're gonna give it a fucking four out of five because it's this band and that may be what's happening here with some of these lists that at least i've seen with why it's on it because yeah i'm on the same boat with you i don't think i would call this i mean if this is again number five on indie rock for 2022 and number whatever I, what number was it on your list by the way it was the one you picked whatever uh 22 22 yeah yeah it was it was number 22 on that list yeah it was so, it's pretty much straight in the middle yep so yeah i mean if it's number 22 on that list it's number five on a list that i found it's number seven on another list i found I gotta, I gotta sit back and I gotta go. Why? <laughs> why? <laughs> and again, I don't. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come out there and say it right now. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. There's things that I don't like about it. There's some things I do like. Um, and I struggled with this. And 
it, we'll get there, I think, when we get to our final thoughts on it. But why don't we move on and just start going tracks, Joe? What do you think? Yeah, let's let's do that. And so we, <laughs> yeah, so we start with, and this is just this <laughs> pompous. Shit, this shit pisses me off. Yep, it's an instrument. It's basically, it's dash is their opening track, which is just an intro, an instrumental intro, intro to a song back on the radio. And the only reason I can think of that they separated this was they wanted back in the radio to be somewhat of a single. I think so. And or at least like college radio. So like you cut, cut a minute out of it. And so it'd be, it fit better in a rotation. That's a cynic in me because so I don't. Answer your question. It's about seven twenty three and 17. Alexa, shut up. <laughs> Joe, Joe, you got someone over tonight. No, it's Alexa. Um, yeah, so yeah, so it's it, it's just cutting a, a minute out of a song called "Back on the Radio." Uh, that's the only reason I can see why they would do that. Otherwise, they're just being pompous, and they don't have the chops for that. I I question if it is a pompousness to it. Um, Yes, it's an instrumental, but really all it is is just it's reminds you of like an opening, like when a band is first like getting on stage and kind of doing this thing, like you know, doing it's kind of where they somewhat tune up, but they start kind of playing with it's going to be the first song, and then it goes in the first song. Um, just the fact that all it really was was just this guitar riff with a little bit of drums here and there. Yeah, I, I mean to do this when it's on tape or on eight track or whatever makes more sense because it flows seamlessly from one track to the next but when you do it on a streaming or on a cd or whatever the problem with it is you get that like when i was listening to it on mine with you know there's that little bit of a delay when it kicks over from song one to song two so it's not even seamless like it, it in this day and age like this is a i think a holdover to that to that age of the old school when artists used to kind of do things like this um, versus, you know, again, um, uh, prime example is an, an album. Um, oh, shit. They might be giants, Apollo 18. They have a song called fingertips and on tape and, um, and, and later versions of the of the of the of the song now with the streaming services, it was all seamless. It was basically one song. But when it came out on the original CD, it was all these songs that were in between fifteen to forty eight seconds, and it would go from one to the next, to the next, to the next. And again, on tape and on when I made it a full thing later on streaming, it flows. But there's always that little bit of a second when it kicks over to the next track. And it doesn't work. So I find it, again, this comes down to production to my mind, is why a modern production person wouldn't think about these things makes me question who the fuck was on the board when they're writing these songs. That's me. That's me. Yeah. It doesn't help that the song, and again, so this is just like, this is just the intro and going into back on the radio. And I just, I mean, we have... Thir 13 tracks on this and i only like one 
The one I like is dead last on this, so this is just going to be an agonizing journey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I just, again, my notes was this sounds like every crappy indie band from 2007. That was my notes. <laughs> yeah, so. Atonal this, vocals. I said it sounds kind of like the Shags, if you never heard the Shags. I'm familiar. Yep. They're, yep. A, uh, they're an acquired taste. <laughs> they are. They are an acquired taste. So, yeah. I will say that this one, like immediately, like when I heard this track, um, I, this is when I thought it was, like I said, Amanda Palmer, and I'm going to stop bringing up Dresden Dolls now because I don't want to bring that up every single fucking track, so I'm done bringing that up. But like immediately when I heard this, that's what I was like. And then when it got to some of the vocals, like the chorus, lock all the windows, shut all the doors, and get in the house like down on the cold hard floor, talk back to the radio, think loud in the car, I miss everything now were worth nothing at all. It did kind of have this, again, I get the sad core, I get that aspect of it. Um, it's not quite goth, it's, it's like I said, it's more of a lo-fi sad, um, or an indie sad, it doesn't really tick off the boxes for me to be goth, that's why I would classify it in that no, it's just, it's, uh, sad core. Jack Black called Bell and Sebastian and High Fidelity. This is sad bastard music. Yes, 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 it is. You know, and I mean, you know, I and like some sad bastard music. I like me some Bell and Sebastian. Mm -hmm. I did not like this. So yeah, because you know, you got Bell, you got Bell and Sebastian. You got um, Arab, Arab Strap. You know, you got yeah. Cat Power. You got kind of Lana Del Rey. You know, those are things that kind of fall in that down tempo, yeah. that sad core. And this, I like it. I like yes. that stuff. This was just, again, I, I think it was like the sound and then how just the generic the lyrics are. Like, it was, if you're going to be like quirky and different with your vocals again, and you're going to be uh, more talky singing, yep. you better have string words along a little more cleverly than this. And again, uh, getting back to the chorus, and again, my pet peeve of repeating the same lyrics, right? So, lock all the windows, so, okay, blah, blah, blah. They say, she says that like four times at the end chorus. And it's like, if you're going to do, yeah, if you're going to do things like this, you're going to make the music minimalist. Because I would consider this minimalist music. Um, maybe more so than lo-fi. Like, this is minimalist, indie, indie minimalist music. You have to do something to make it interesting. You're exactly right. And the problem is when the lyrics aren't really connecting a whole lot with the audience, um, it's, yeah, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. No, so, it, it's, it's, you know, it, there's like so many ways you can, there's a, yeah. Oh, let's get to the next track, Try. Yeah, trying. Which, which is like it's kind of like a little starts off a little jauntier upbeat, I believe. I, like again, some of these just blurred yep. into me because it was yep. just all, <gasps> you know, singing and again, I like you expect at least a, some some better lyrics if you're gonna pull that off because uh, you're just gonna sound like every other chucklehead yep. indie rock band, but you're gonna make it your vocals stand out. Outside, yep. outside the band, uh, you're not doing anybody favors then. And this was, uh, you know, my first note at, for because the song's all trying, and I said, 
not nearly hard enough. <laughs> yeah, for me with this one, when I first heard the opening to it and it starts going kind of the guitar work, I was like, oh, pavement. That's pavement. Yep. That's Steve Melkmus right there. Yep, I heard pavement. And then like I also put in my notes, uh, this band sounds like it would soundtrack a Shady Zach Braff movie. So it also gave me uh, Shins. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Gave, the yep, yep, yep. I heard Shin. Yeah, when you mentioned Shin earlier, I went. I know exactly what track he's talking about. Yep. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now again, I promise. Well, I, I wish we were talking about like a better intro. <laughs> so, I promise I wasn't gonna keep bringing up um, the Dresden Dolls. However, well, stop then, Paul. <laughs> well, no. The reason why I have to do it is part of the lyrics of this come right off of an album. I, I don't remember the, the name of the song off the top of my head, but I know the song is off of Yes, Virginia. There's part of this where, like, the whole My Body's Made of Wood and Stone, it can rot and burn. There's something very, very, it's not verbatim, but it's very close. And I was just like, ooh, again, which is why I kept thinking what I was thinking. But I, I had my notes here. It's pavement, but it's too repetitive. Um, Paul, when you I, recited those lyrics, the first thing that popped in my mind right now was like, maybe uh, they should go take a creative writing class at the Learning Annex. Well, I mean, this is my body's made of wood and stone. It can rot and burn. What if I took what I shouldn't have took? What if I got what I should? It doesn't burn, so that doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Uh, what if I? <laughs> what if I was stronger? If I could let go of it. And if I was older, would I know what to do with it? It's like, you're trying to be, I get, this is something that I feel worked back in the day, lyrically, where it was kind of that plan where it's like, what if I took what I shouldn't have took? What if I got what I shouldn't have got? Like, these are- to death. That's the thing, by 2022, it's done. It's done. That style, that kind of- wordplay and that kind of trying to be deep joe this was conversations we were having when we were stoners in high school man yeah like the thing is like okay you can pull this off but it has to be clever mm -hmm. it has to be clever if you're gonna do the stoner existential that again that's a lot of this existential shit on here and then it's very existential album and then like the relationship shit which again it's like that should be fertile ground for anybody because everybody's gone through bad breakups and bad relationships but then later on they compare it themselves in the relationship as uh, <laughs> a splinter in the skin that the body rejects. And I'm just like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh my God, if I was, just reminded me in college and people would, uh, I'd be in creative writing classes and people would give like the most ridiculous uh, like poem or prose along that line. And it would just be like, it was cringeworthy then, it's cringeworthy now. Yeah. I know. We'll we'll talk about that song because I have issues with that song. I have theories on what that song's about, but um, well, she's she wants to be rejected like a splinter, Paul. 
Well, I think it goes a little bit more than that. I actually think it's only, I don't even think it's that deep, but we'll get there. <laughs> I, I don't even she think actually it's got a splinter. Yeah, no, no, I think it's something else. I think it's something else. Literally, looking, it's like really just on the nose. Like, yeah, yeah, it's on the nose. Like she really, really got a splinter. They're on a fucking swing set. She got a splinter. No, um, yeah, this is the, the, the thing with this song. I mean, and it's very short lyrically. But the music isn't interestingly and unfortunately uh, musically. This is a very meandering song. Um, doesn't really go anywhere. And again, it doesn't have a hook. It doesn't doesn't work. So the next one is um, what is the next one? It is birthday song. I think. Yep, birthday party. Uh, I don't want to be loved. I don't. Uh, yeah, it's just. Oh God. Just so, like we get it. Uh, you know that's uh, that's a hot that line that line should just be on a black t shirt and sold in Hot Topic. Yeah, yeah, it's it's bad, it's bad. Um, so oh, two, hang on, I'm just I'm doing a quick count. <laughs> Nothing more exhilarating than counting on a podcast, Paul. Ten. 12, 14, 16, 18, 20, 22. Doing some quick math here, Joe. Hang on. She says, I don't want to be loved 58 times in a four-minute song. Oh, to me, that is my personal hell. That is very painful. 58 times. I uh, uh, wonder if even uh, McCartney said, hey, Jude, that many times. I or did or did uh did, did, did or on a, on a more uh modern approach did bruce springsteen say 48 41 shots <laughs> 55 times yeah uh, you know and, and the track is a fear of death a fear of dying why won't the dog pick up the stick panic sweats you wake up crying always feeling kind of sick this one gave me a bell and sebastian vibe i actually do like the music and where it went in this one this is also the track where i don't know who the backup singer is but i want an album by her instead of this yeah like yeah i thought that on a couple actually a lot of the songs on like, a lot of the songs vocalist at least uh is doing something mm-hmm yeah, I like. I really like the backup vocalist. It's kind of like when um, it reminded me almost of Melissa uh, Oftenmauer when she was with um, um, Hole, and she'd do some of the backup singing for Courtney Love. And I'd be like, God, I really want to hear an album by by her. And I'm glad she did put out album. So hopefully, maybe the backup singer will get some, um, uh, you know, some cred. And maybe put out her own album because she can sing, and I actually enjoy her voice more than what was going on with our lead vocalist. Yeah, our lead vocal again, lead vocalist. If you're gonna do something like that, kind of different, you better be doing something with the lyrics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just if you're gonna make your vocal stand out in front of all the all this music uh, in a in such a kind of a different, I would say, jarring way. It's not yep. like what you hear. You have to, you have to make the lyrics count. And here they don't. No, and it's got, what fifty-four. I don't want to be loved. Uh, actually, I think I miscounted. I think it's fifty-six, fifty-seven. I think it's fifty-seven times. Mm -hmm. 57. Fifty-seven times. I don't want to be loved. <laughs> I don't want to be loved fifty-seven times. 
And like other lyrics, you know, besides that is I'm always playing solitaire. I always kiss you on the lips. And if I die, then you can keep it. I don't want to feel a thing. Always on my best behavior. Sometimes I can't hold it in. Always wait until it's over. I don't want to feel a thing. And I know there's someone out there that's hearing these lyrics and is getting connected to it. And I don't want to take away from that because that's definitely part of what music is. Yeah. But, but for, I think, I mean, let's be honest at this point in our life. I mean, you and I are out of the demographic where anything is for us anymore outside of fucking insurance commercials <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, so yeah, I can see that being resonant. But you know, it's, but still, it's. Uh, I just, yeah, I, I don't relate. But it, whatever, I still think it, the lyrics could have been worked on a little bit more. A little bit more. A little bit more. Not even. So, it should have been worked on a lot more. Honestly. Well, again, this is why it comes down to me, like production, who was there and who was giving this the okay and saying, yes, that song is finished, move on to the next one, because that was misleading and doing no one any favors, the artist and, and us as an audience. Paul, to- Paul, you're just assuming that they had better things in there than the band for the producer to work with. That could be, that might be a, a false equivalence here. This might have been um, the best they offered. Maybe. It could be. So let's move on to the next one, uh, which is end of last year. Joe, I heard a band that I love very right off the bat. Did you hear it? I just remember. I just my note because it has the line. Do you remember when? And I, whenever I, <laughs> I hear that line, it, there's an episode of The Sopranos where Tony Soprano is annoyed by a guy talking about the old days. And he says, do you remember Remember when is the lowest one of the lowest forms of communication. <laughs> <laughs> so the guitar work right away is Modest Mouse. Yeah. Isaac Rock, yeah. Yeah. There is Again, this every song on here makes me want to listen to a different band. Yep. That's one of the problems with it. And and, and the lyrics also this is another one of those lyrics. Um th- uh, no not not this one, it's the next one. Yeah, this is Modest Mouse. And it is um, that guitar work. There's no mistaking it. And they sit there and say, well, Modest Mouse doesn't have the monopoly on that. Modest Mouse will make it fucking interesting. So all there was was kind of like this little bit of a, like like the flip and the the notes that is absolutely no question um, Isaac Rock from Modest Mouse. But it doesn't go anywhere. So again, all it does is makes you think about another band and go, oh my God. Now again, I do feel like there is this thought process that I really don't want to, because I want to give them more credit than what I'm about to say or not be as cynical. But there's part of me thinking that there was a conversation of them going, well, that sounds like Modest Mouse. And they're going, some of our, you know, a lot of our listeners, you know, kids days, they don't even know who Modest Mouse is because they were born well after they were famous. And I go, oh, maybe it is that way because, again, for people like us, we hear it and we go, oh, my God. But someone else may have heard it who never heard of Modest Mouse and go, oh, I really like the guitar riff. I really like the guitar sound. Mm. I think you're giving too much credit for a producer finding more out of this band, Paul. Like, I'm going to be the flip side of that. I'm just going to assume this is the best they gave that producer. Okay. Because, well, let's get into... Uh, I, is there any evidence telling us otherwise? No. No. 
And then plus, and this also has the refrain of like, so I, I don't want to be loved. This one also has like kind of like the same melody of everything you you break, everything you touch, you break everything you touch, break everything you. You know, it's just like it does this refrain, and it's just like, oh my god, you're trying to earworm something that's not working. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have that one, and I don't know if I want it. Don't want to go back. Don't know if it's mine. I don't want to go back. Which is said. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh my God! There's just so much repetition, Joe. I mean, literally about twenty times. There's things in here that are said. Yeah, you break everything you touch. You break everything you touch. Yeah. yeah. Um, cut off my shoes. Take them. Instead of taking them off, cut off my hands because they itch so much. Talk to myself because I'm getting so blue. Do you know you break everything you touch? And I, again, I'm sure that's resonating with someone. But to me, that's very surface level. And it's almost... It's elementary songwriting. And I hate yeah, to say that. But it is. And if you're a band that's been around now, what, over six years... Um, seven years now 2015 mm-hmm. yeah. yeah seven years you better be doing something better than what a kids writing in their notebook in high school yeah i'd hope yeah. so so next one is rotten i i'm gonna be straight up i hate this song hate this song <laughs> hate this song i just i the just taste hate of it. apples change paul the taste of apples change <sighs> I, I i i again I, I feel like they, I feel honestly. I feel like this was like you know maybe a they just rearranged like did like a really awkward Smashing Pumpkins cover <laughs> like this is like the generic kind of like early Pumpkins cotton shit like yeah yeah no it definitely has some early um uh whoa, Billy Corgan style lyrics yeah ask lyrics in this one yeah yeah he moved on beyond that though you know oh he sure did uh they're working on the third uh what they're working on the what they're calling their trilogy of um what the hell was it uh melancholy and the infinite sadness they're making i I don't know nobody cares nobody cares (laughs) nobody cares i was was talking to our, our mutual friend dan i was like i'm I thought about it and like Smashing Pumpkins haven't put out a listenable album in 25 years. Uh, no, no, no. They yeah. did put out Oceana and I do enjoy yeah, Oceana. Yeah. There's listenable songs on Oceana. There is. Um, so yeah, getting back to this one, the rotten lyrics again, I hate this song, but uh, this year the taste of apples change and I did a bad thing. This year the apples change and I say what I need now. Trying to walk in the balls of my feet, it hurts. It hurts my puny muscles ache. Trying to swing, sing away my rottenness. You tell me I should go out. Again, this is middle school poetry night. You know, beat poetry. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't want to be this mean, but this particular doing this song. Kind of a job, Paul. I understand. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> like, they put it out. Like. Yeah, no, they did, and it's out there for criticism. But this, I think, was my li- my least favorite song on the album, by far, to the point where when I was doing after my my repeated listings of three times, I had to skip the song every time. I was like, I cannot listen to this song again. It re- I really don't like it. Well, no, um, we're going to go back and back and back again for this next track. 
and back and back and back again, back and back and back again, because I was in your dream last night. <laughs> yep, yep. You can't, you can't tell me something. You could be happy if you want to, with all U's instead of spelling out Y O U. They they went the Prince route, which weird else is only Prince can really do that. Can do that. This one to me had a Snow Patrol vibe to it. And yeah, that wasn't helping with me, Paul. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't doesn't really help with me either. But it definitely had like I, I could hear where there was the Snow Patrol reference to it. Um, yeah, I was in your dream last night. I came to tell you that I don't know anything, and it's starting up again. Uh, again, and that's kind of that Isaac Modest Mouse style of, you know, nothing, nothing, nowhere, and now, which he does a lot in his lyrics. And again. With them, it works because the music is interesting, which makes the vocals a little bit more interesting. And I think that is the biggest problem here is the musicianship is, I mean, I get it's indie, but there's a difference between indie and boring. Yeah, and it's a fine line, too, a lot of times. It's a very fine experience. It's a fine line between indie and boring. It's the old Spinal Tap thing, and there's a fine line between clever and stupid. Right, right, right. So, yeah, um, that's what it is. Next one is Flowers. Now, I want to say this is what I think is one of the better songs on the album. Um, I actually really... because on Monday she cleared all the gunk from your heart, Paul? Well, you know, my God, you'll always be thinking of me. Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, they wrote to make room for the light, Paul. You know, spat in my face and told me, don't drag me into this. Um, oh, you cut tomatoes and were they soft to the touch? <laughs> yeah. When you will punish me for what I have done. Um, and I really think it's funny that the piano in the beginning, if you caught that, it's a derision of She's Like a Rainbow by the Rolling Stones. <laughs> I didn't even pick that up, but you're fucking right. It is. It's absolutely She's Like a Rainbow from the Rolling Stones. It really is. It's slower, and it's done with that weird, out out of semi out, out of tune uh, sound that that you're hearing a lot of times now with um, uh, in um, Ableton and that type of thing. Um, but yeah, no, it's she's like a rainbow. Yeah, uh, I, the Roy Stones that they really wanted to sue on this song, they could, which is funny because the name of the song is Flowers, which also has a st- Stones um, connotation. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> or you make Jagger and Keith Keith Richards. You, you sued that, what was it, the Verve for that bittersweet symphony. Get on <laughs> Porridge Radio. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So next one is um Jealousy. Um, um, what, what was that band? Was it Candlebox? Who did it in the in the 90s? Who did it better? Um, what the fuck was that band that did the song Jealousy? Oh, I can't. Was it Candlebox? I think it was Candlebox. Um, Probably. But nothing makes me quite Gin Blossoms. It was Gin Blossoms. It was, it was not Candlebox. It was the Gin Blossoms. They did it better. Go on. <laughs> Man, you telling me that. Now nothing makes me quite as sad as you, Paul. It's easy. I'm easy to get to know. I'm easy. And Jealousy, it makes me bad. <laughs> Jealousy's bad and kind. Je- Jealousy's bad and key. Jealousy's bad and kind. 
Yeah, I feel like we're punching down so much, but again, it's they put it out. It's on these lists and these lyrics. Uh, I yeah, feel like they could have been a lot better. And yeah, they could have been. Just, I feel like I'm a, a, you know, I. Again, it's so derivative of other bands too, which doesn't help. Which doesn't help. Again, I could see, I could see some. 16 15 year olds listening to this and really enjoying it i can and i'm not disputing that because they don't have the other artists and you know the the uh, knowledge of yeah oh, the points of reference was like we do <laughs> like the points of reference right so i feel like again i do feel like there was something there of e well, this is going to go, you know, there are people here, this, they're going to think of this, this, and this. And I'm thinking someone went, it doesn't matter because you're not going for that person. You're going for the 15, 16, 17, 18 year old sad kids in middle school and high school. So don't worry about what the 30, 40, 50 year olds say and go, oh my gosh, it's like that song. You've been seeing a lot. Of, and, I, and the reason why I bring that up and why I think it's happening, because that conversation happens too much now. I mean, it was happening even back back in the day with like God, and this reason why I know people get mad at me when I say I'm not a big Led Zeppelin fan is because they ripped off half over half their fucking catalog. Yeah, um, <laughs> and that's that's that is my biggest problem with them. People go, "Oh my God, they're so great!" And I'm like, if they were so great, they would have written they would have written eighty percent of their music, not thirty percent of their music. Um, so I feel like this and. Um, so what's their name? They got in trouble for the, uh, I mean, a lot of bands have gotten in trouble for this, but, uh, Bruno Mars with, um, um, what was that song? Uh, what's that? No, I was thinking of, uh, the, 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 what's it? The Blurred Line song with that yeah, the RBA family. Sue. Yes, there was that one, but there, um, what was it? Um, Harlem, uh, no, what is it? Uh, don't believe me, just watch whatever the song that is. And what is that song? The the Bruno Mars song, Don't Believe Me, Just Watch. There's that 20, no, it's not 24 karat. Um, that's bothering me. But anyways, there was so many lawsuits on that. Oh, up, Uptown Funk. Uptown Funk, thank you. Um, there were... Song that was very derivative of other things. To the point where Uptown Funk... They got sued by so many people on that song that I think the writing credits on it now is like 18. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they had to include um, a whole bunch of other people on it um, because of so many people that went, that's our song, that's our song, that's our song. Yeah, like um, uh, Charlie Watson, uh, Robert Wilson, uh, Lonnie Simmons. I mean, it's there's so many people. Like, there was a lot of people that came forward and were like, that's this song, that's this song, that's this song. So, um, let me see here. Uh, it was Oops Upside Your Head by the 1978 The Gap Band. Um, they got co writing on it. Um, a Serbian artist, uh, Victoria, um, that infringed on hers. Um, uh, the, the band, the electro funk band collage sued, um, zap sued for bounce to the ounce. I mean, it's, it's bad. And Quincy Jones was like, dude, 
come on, this has my fingerprints all over it. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say when I first heard that song, that's that sounded like Quincy Jones's work with Michael Jackson. Exactly. So or yeah, Barry Gordy's work with Michael Jackson. I mean, to the point where when when that song plays, like nobody makes any money <laughs> because it's just the royalties. Like everyone's down to like three percent on the royalty for that song. Oh, what happens when you just pilfer? Yeah. Yep. So that's yeah. There's that. And then Joe, we get to. I hope she's okay too. Okay. So you know we're going through these lyrics, Paul. This is another repetitive. It, when I took a creative writing classes, when you write, you want to avoid telephone poles. And what I mean by that is avoiding the word I. Mm-hmm. And this, the whole album is telephone poles and U-turns. Mm-hmm. It's I-U. Just you and I. Mm-hmm. Together forever. <laughs> this was something that the beatles would do all the time in their early music you me we i and it worked back then but the thing was was that they weren't trying to be deep though that was the thing they were just making pop music this is when you get to indie music you kind of there's there's an expectation there's a little bit more to it Mm -hmm. let's just throw that out there there's a there's a pretension to indie music that People are kind of expecting. Yep. And they're doing like, like you said with the Beatles, but that's not, you know, we're all like, as much as I love the Beatles, they're not a deep band for most of their, for most of their career. Most of their, most of their catalog does not have a lot of deep songs in it. Mm -hmm. So like when you get an indie band kind of doing that, it just, it just doesn't work. Um, yeah, uh, so, and I'm going to get into this, um, in this a little bit. And I, I think what people forget, um, is that, uh, the Beatles in total only did 213 songs. I know people go, well, that's a lot, but when you really think about it, what they did, only 188 were originals and people forget that they were only around for eight years. Um, I think collectively, I think in terms of hours, I want to say it's something along the lines of like a total like seven hours and some odd minutes, if I'm not mistaken, of total music that the Beatles actually put out. And it's not a whole hell of a lot, but because they were doing these things, and if you look when they were doing that, I, me, you, we, and this is an interview that that McCartney had, that's what they were doing in their pop phase because that's what resonated with the pop at the time. It still does. And it's like a lot of pop music you hear to the day still does that. Yep. It's pretty universal. Yep. And so they said that when, and McCartney said that when we started moving away to like, we started doing help and those type of things and moving away, we really moved to get away from that. I, you mean, you said, you notice that in our later music. Yeah. We really tried to get away from that lyrically because it was so, it was just, it was so poppy and it worked for that time, but we wanted to stretch ourselves and do something different. It's also pretty limited and it's not very creative when you're always using I and me and you and, you know, it, you're, it's just not very creative. And, you know, again, like you take creative writing classes, they tell you to find ways to write around that. Yep. And to give you Even an idea, I took poetry, avoid yeah. eyes. 
I, I remember, um, I think we were in the same creative writing class, if I'm not mistaken. We had the same creative writing teacher, and then we all did. But I remember one of the more interesting things that we had to do, which was um, we had to write a, a thing on why locked doors give you freedom. And I thought that was a really interesting exercise of how to completely change your perspective on what you think is a thing. And getting, you know, looking at this, uh, we already talked a little bit about the lyrics. I associate you with good things and I associate you with good things. And I sometimes can't imagine anything at all. I sometimes can't imagine anything. And you don't have something to tell me. And you don't have anything at all. And you don't have something to tell me. And you don't imagine anything at all. Because I associate you with good things. And I sometimes can't associate anything at all. I sometimes can't imagine anything. And you don't. And don't you have something to tell me. And don't you have anything at all. And don't you have something to tell me. And I can't imagine, and you can't imagine anything at all. And I associate you with good things. And I can't imagine anything at all. And I can't imagine anything at all. That is literally all the lyrics for the entire fucking song. <laughs> yeah. That is it. It's bad. It's really, really bad. Um, yeah, again, it is, it's the whole album is I, you, me. Mm-hmm. And so it's very... Uh, it really just kind of boxes you in where you can go with songs like that. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just does. I mean. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't, it doesn't. I, 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 yeah, it, that one bothered me. That one really bothered me. And again, I'm just going to go back and say, you know, uh, we know who I think that song really sounds like. So, yeah. um, moving on, uh, we got splintered, <laughs> which is, uh, a lot of eyes and use Paul. It's a lot again, of eyes. And again, eyes. like, you know, you're, you're, now you're, you're, just, you're just, it's no, so it's painfully noticeable. So I'm going to get like vulgar. how this got to be on a top 50 lists, lists, plural. Yep. It, yep. It astounds me. So. It astounds me. And like, again, I understand those pe- younger people who are listening to this and they, it resonates with them. Yep. And like, I get it because I listen to a lot of shit too back in my youth and you know i still do like it just it's time and a place you know song hits you you know whatever but i'm listening to this now and again it's the whole albums i me my you Mm -hmm. me me my me you you i i Mm -hmm. and it tries to do something here (laughs) yeah at least tries and i'll give them credit for that with the I got a splinter last time I visited you, but my body pushed it out. I didn't mind and this one. It becomes like a theme with this song of like, like two or one and the bot, the some pushing the other out. Like I get kind of what they're doing. Yes. Just didn't, again, when you're limited with I, me, you, I, I, me, I, it, it, it gets does, to... you're, it, you're so limited at that point. I, I will say musically, I enjoyed this one more than the other ones because this one also felt like it had somewhat of a hook not a great one but it didn't meander like this one and i did like the backing vocals a lot um that really again i wish the backing vocal singer would sing more yeah um i'm gonna go i'm gonna go on a limb here and say i think that there's a double entendre here with this song and i'm gonna get vulgar so again anyone that doesn't want to hear this um i think this is about her um um, after getting uh, jizzed in, um, her um, getting the, the the sperm out of her, I think that that's what this song's about. Yep. <laughs> I 
I do. Yep. I do. I think that's exactly what I think. I think there is a sexual double entendre on this song. I really do. I think it's about, I think it's about um, procreation. I think it's about um, um, a, a struggle between someone wanting, someone wanting to have a pregnancy and someone doesn't. That's what I looked at it as. Well, I, that's, I got a double entendre, but I, I didn't picture a man. I thought a woman, but that's me. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and that may be, but I, that's how I looked at it. So, I, this is God, the, you're I'm, a pervert. I'm absolutely <laughs> I'm just realizing what you just said. <laughs> yeah. God damn it, Paul! <laughs> Keep it in your pants. Holy shit! This is a family podcast. Paul. Is it a family podcast? Is it really? Uh, <laughs> uh, I should maybe I should maybe I should mark this one uh, suitable for children. Um, <laughs> all the other ones I don't. Um, but no, I, like I said, that's. And this is something that I will say about this particular song, which was, even though it has the me, my, I, uh, blah, 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 I will say this one is vague enough to where we can have a kind of a conversation about yeah. what it means. I think this is one yeah. of the more clever songs on the album. It's uh, the only clever song. It's the only clever song on the album. And it's not I, that clever, but I, I'll give them credit because at least it's doing something a little different. And mm -hmm. I'll give it credit for that even though i really shouldn't since they've been around you know seven years and have six albums you know what yeah. i'm not gonna give it to them i just thought about that no no, no that's fine not, not that clever that's fine and i i mean and i will say don't cut me out is said uh well within the 20s uh times in this album um getting into the 30s um, don't cut me out. I said a lot. And again, that's a pet peeve of mine. Um, and again, the, I don't want to mean anything to you. This is coming from other songs. Like there is harkens back to other songs and the songs aren't that great. So there's this meandering again, but that's something different. As far as I go, this one I did like, but again, lyrically, it is a struggle for me. Again, it breaks that cardinal sin of say more. Say more. Don't repeat the same thing that you're doing over and over. Please. Especially if you're an indie band. You're not a pop. You're not a pop art. You're not a pop act. You're not, you know, unless you are going to do something that is very poppy, is very catchy, has those hooks, you can do something like this. But on an indie, what would can be considered bare bones, minimalist, it doesn't work. It can't work. And it never will work. So... Actually, um, you know what? I want you for the next time for our next podcast. You want to go through and see how many times they use the throughout this whole album use the words "I," "me," and "you." I can look that up. I can look All that right. up. Yeah, we'll do. We'll do that. We'll figure that out because again, it's uh, it's a very limited. It's very limited, and I will definitely. I will, I will look at me. I will look at you. I will look at I. And I think there's still three. I think we need to do. It's just I, me, you. Yep. Uh, other that's other a, three. That's basically. That, that's basically Okay. Yeah, and we'll we'll me get a tally. Not, whatever, but yeah, I because the I and you are very just dominant here, and hey. again, it's it's just it stands out. It stands out because maybe maybe because you and I focus on lyrics a lot. You yep. more than me actually like, yeah me yeah absolutely like i, I, I look at vocal lyrics a bit but you're like a real stickler for that much more than i am so <laughs> the fact I, that i'm pointing this out it should be like a red flag to our listeners that 
be the guy who doesn't really give a shit about a lot of that a lot of the time is like, hey, that's a lot of eyes. It's it's a lot. And I think one of the big reasons why I'm a stickler for it, and, and again, I'm going to make it very clear, my band didn't go anywhere, right? The bands I was in didn't go anywhere, but I was one of the principal songwriters um, in several of the bands I was in. So that's one of the things I really looked at. And one of the you know things that when you're writing as a lyricist, you look for the, the pitfalls and those types of things. And so when I see uh, a established you know, band doing it and failing at it, and one of the things that's bringing it down, I point it out a lot. And it's just one of those things where I, as a lyricist, I find it very, very lazy at the fact that people just, say the same thing over and over and again i get it with pop stuff that's a little bit of a different thing but that's not my that's not my bag so when you get into things that are my bag like again on paper i should love this album i really should it should tick off a bunch of boxes yeah same here because i love a lot of indie rock but again Mm -hmm. when the, the the influences overshadow yes and the lyrics are just whatever i mean again but yep and so as a lyricist, I mean, you wrote that great song, I Am Me, The You of I. I did write that great song, didn't I? <laughs> um, I but to, and to my credit, what inspired me was honestly the best movie of all time, Cruise Control. I mean, that's me too, Cruise Control. <laughs> you're, you're a huge Jason Patrick fan, I know. I, I am. I, I mean, anything that he's in, I have to watch. Um it's it's just yeah i mean he's he's amazing uh, i mean he was in sleepers he was in rush he was in geronimo an american legend he lost was in boys. the prince the lost boys he was in narc um he is just like i think uh, a wonderful wonderful um um uh, talent an american icon a hero I mean, how many other people can say they were in Solar Babies and The Beast of War and Teach 109, the TV movie, and Denial and After Dark? All right, all right Paul, get off his IMDb. <laughs> You're not fooling that. anybody. I was waiting for you to Fool me once, you. shame on you. <laughs> fool me twice. We'll never get fooled again. You never fool me once. You never get fooled again. Uh, next one is The Rip. And this, to me, was the most original sounding. Uh, on on the on at least to me was the most original sounding song. Now the problem with it is the lyrics once again. Yeah, it's my 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 you I. I mean, it's it's all that, and and now my heart aches, 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 and now my heart aches. The top of my voice, the top of my lungs. Loud noises. Which is also, by the way, uh, top of my voice, top of my lungs. Um, Those are lyrics taken straight from um, uh, Ed Kowalski with Tricky um, Revolution. Um, So keep that in mind. Um, It's all that I want. It's all that I want. I pulled it apart, got sick of the whole thing. I know what I want. I know that. I know how that seems. The back of my head, the back of my hands. I threw it away. I threw it away. Again, it wouldn't be that bad. But you've already said this on like nine of your other fucking songs. So stop it. <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah, it's they're repeating the same 
just over the just over, over and over. And I get it seems like a breakup album. I'm just what, concluding what, and depression and wanting to be away from the world, and I get it. I get it. It just has been done so many times and so much better than this. That's the problem. It's been better elsewhere. And the problem is you're pulling in from those sources that it was better elsewhere. So that's a problem. Um, so next we get to the title track. Yeah, Water Slide, Diving Board, Ladder to the Sky, which is the only song I actually kind of liked. Yep, yep. It's like an acoustic song. Mm-hmm. I I want to know what vibe you got, what band you got a vibe of. You know, at this point, Paul, it was all of them. Okay. <laughs> For me... I got this, a vibe from all the bands from 2007. This was Mazzy Star. This had Mazzy Star, yeah. Cowboy Junkies, to me, all over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like again, like it. I like this better than all of it. I'm not, you know, like I try to find a good thing in every album. This to me was the, the highlight spot in this album because it, you know, it still goes on the eye stuff, but it also, you know, the image. Given us some imagery, water slide, diving board, ladder to the sky, the uh, line, crying hard on a phone call with my brother. It's like these little things, something like that, gives an image that we don't really get on the rest of the album. I think we get a big- visual there, and then it goes kind of back, trying you know trying hard to keep it together. So you got and got me on a hook there, and then you know. You go back to the, I I don't want the end. I don't want the beginning. You know, it's going back to the I I I I. Yep, stuff. yep. So you have this little moment where it's actually like they have like something that kind of hooks you in a bit, like a visual with the the lyrics, and then it going it falls back. And I'm guess I'm just gonna call it their safe zone then, their safety zone. Yeah, yeah. Like it, this is this is what works, and then we're gonna try something here, and then see how that goes, and then basically with that lot that part they're just dipping their toes in the water so and bad at seven years yeah don't be tipping dipping your toes and it go all the fucking way in yes i mean because it's make or break at this point and you have to do something that resonates and this will probably resonate with some people but they're gonna my guess is they're gonna grow out of it like i grew out of the band corn yes <laughs> you know like yeah, I grew up. I grew out of corn. Absolutely, I liked corn. I grew out of corn. There's a lot of bands I grew out of. Yeah, you can You grow out of it. Like the bands that succeed, and it's like you keep going back to because there's something there that just ropes you in. And but the, my problem with this band is like they really uh, they'll rope you in for a little bit, but then you're gonna discover. Most people will probably just discover something else, especially if they're listening to indie indie music. Well. I, you know, like the, the punk band Pennywise. I grew out of Pennywise. Yeah. Because Pennywise was quit your job, quit school, drop out, do nothing. Pennywise will take care of you. And now, like fucking 40 years later, it's still quit your job, quit school, yeah. quit doing everything, listen to Pennywise, you'll be fine. Like, you know, so it's kind of like, no, no. Yeah, you grew out of things. And I, I, and I speaking of growing out, I think the biggest problem with this album is the word of vulnerability, right? Like we're talking about here, this title track, 
the water slide, diving board, ladder to the sky, crying hard on the phone with my brother, trying to keep it all together. There is actual, when I feel, sincerity and some unguardedness. Yeah, but and that's the, what drew, drew me in. Mm-hmm. That's why it is, I like this song. But the rest of the album is, as you said, it is kind of, it is absolutely a breakup. It's a sad album. But the problem is, how can we as an audience be invested in it when you won't let us in as an audience? There's a lot of wall deflecting from the songwriters here. Yeah, I would agree. It, it, It doesn't give us, I mean, we don't need the details, like the literal details, but right. give us a visual. Give us, like, why, the, what happened, like, how did you react, how did you feel, instead of I felt this and I don't want to be, blah, blah, blah. That's not good songwriting. Right. I mean, you know, like, go back to the Beatles, your day breaks, your mind aches, find all her words of kindness, you know, whatever. Like, it's painting a picture of a breakup, and this is just like, I don't want to be alone, I don't want, you know, like. Yep. I don't want to be loved. I don't want to be loved. I don't want... That's what, like, angry 14-year-olds yell. Uh, yes. And they go through a bad breakup. Yes. There definitely is a distinction of... And, again, I don't want to... I, I, I want to give the artists more credit. Because, again, this is only a snapshot, right? I didn't go back and listen to everything. But I feel like there's probably some really heavy shit going on here. And that, unfortunately, um, what's the lead person's name in the band um but uh anyways the the point is is that i feel like there's a wall there where like part of what you as a songwriter and as a musician you you use your music to get through some of your shit Mm -hmm. and it's very telling when the songwriter either won't go there or doesn't have the tools to go there um you know like example when we talked about taylor swift taylor swift had more intelligent, thoughtful, insightful lyrics going through some shit and was threw it out there as a pop artist. And here you are, you're an indie, which should be your bread and butter. You're doing sadcore, yet you're not letting the audience in to the point where it's very generic. So why should we care if we're getting the vibe that you don't care and you don't want to give us the story of why we should care. Yeah. And if you don't want to give us the story, uh, the thing about creative writing, most songwriters are, is you just then create a scenario. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it doesn't have to be autobiographical, but it comes from this, this place where this hurt comes from. Yes. And that's what a lot, you know, so we don't need to know all the details. We don't want to know. gives you the details because... She's really good at painting these pictures lyrically. Yep. Here, it's just like, I I don't want to be loved. I don't want to be loved. I don't, it's just, again, it's the telephone poles. It's like, what? You know, you're not giving us a whole lot to work with. No. No, you're not. And I, I, and I will say again, you don't have to give us the full story. Like, I don't want Juarez. Spin a yarn. You know, spin a yarn based, loosely based off of it. Like, yep. it's what... Almost every songwriter does. 
Yeah, again, we don't need uh, Lannigan's Juarez, right? Like, I don't yeah. need to know you're wearing the like you're wearing the diaper and you're about to take the stitch, the sitch, you know, and all that shit. Like, you don't have to get us the nitty gritty details. And you but know, sometimes we need that, Paul. Sometimes we need Lannigan's Juarez. <laughs> sometimes, we and I will die on the hill of Lannigan's Juarez. <laughs> I will do that. Like I said, I wanted more of that song, but again, I'm sure someone would know. Um, so, (laughs) yeah, it's one of those things where lower the wall a little bit so that way we can relate to what you're going through. Because at the end of the day, this feels like to me that sad girl in high school that hung out with the goth kids that really didn't have it that bad, but acted like they had it that bad that's what this feels like like yeah you're maybe going through some shit but maybe you're not and that's why it's so surface level because you're just trying to connect with people on like oh my god these kids are sad you know my audience is sad i gotta portray sad what is sad it almost feels like a psychopath or um a a social um a sociopath sociopath version of and I won't even go that far, and we all thought I'd be the one throwing out the sociopath line. <laughs> well, I don't feel that there. one a little back a little. I think it's just somebody. I think uh, her name is Dana. Dana White. Dana Margolin. Yeah, I think she just didn't want to let her guard down too much, and that's what I got from it. I didn't get Patrick Bateman at the at the. I'm not it's saying, I, and I shouldn't say sociopath. I, I, I meant, I shouldn't say psychopath. I meant more sociopath in the terms of. Uh, I'm sorry. I wasn't expecting Ted Bundy at, <laughs> <laughs> at, at the at the porch radio. No, what, what I mean by this is you have those people that feign, feign emotion and feign problems. And again, some of this is so surface level and so whatever there's a few songs on here that go places but the rest of it feel almost manufactured like i'm checking off the boxes of what indie sad should be almost like what country was for a while have to have i lost my dog check have to have my wife left me check have to have i lost the trailer check this felt like it was ticking off the sad boxes just to tick them off and not actually have anything of value to add. Does that make more sense? Yeah. Yeah. I just. Yeah. So, so that's my vibe with the album. So, Joe, I should ask you would you recommend Porridge Radio, Water Slide, Diving Board, and Ladder to the Sky? Well, no, I wouldn't. Uh, again, it's, it's derivative, the lyrics are pretty shallow we've kind of gone through that and not very inspiring uh i would again i would have been more forgiving if this was their first album and they haven't been around for seven years but at this point no way they at this point they should be progressing beyond something like this in my opinion so no no i would not recommend forage radio so for all the shit I said, I'm actually going to disagree with you. And I'm actually going to recommend the album. 
And the so you reason spent an hour shitting on an album that you're going to recommend, <laughs> I because I shit on it because I do think it can be better. But the thing is, is that there are things here that I enjoy. I understand where some people would have a hard time going back to like the shags or going and listening to, especially younger, you know, um, audiences um, going back to. Um, uh, the original, you know, going back through some of the older catalogs that you and I had, where they are grabbing from some of those greats. So I would say there is some things here. I did like flowers. I did like water slide diving board. You like ladders. flowers because it reminded you of the Rolling Stones. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, uh, you know, there is some things here that I do like, but the problem is, it's there's only a few things here. So I do think there are some tracks here that'd be worth checking out. I would encourage our audience to listen to it, make their own opinions of it. Again, I'm listening as a critic. Um, I'm looking at this from the lens that I have, which is I was pulled back from all these other artists that it reminded me of. I cannot take myself out of that and, you know, take that lens away from me. So I would say, you know what, if you don't have that lens or that viewpoint, you very well may like what's here because you won't be distracted like you and I were going, oh, man, that reminds me of this band. Oh, man, now I want to listen to them. Right. So as much as I'd recommend people go listen to those other artists, I realize some aren't. So, yeah, I think there's about three or four tracks here that are worth hearing. I will say nothing on this album made it to my likes list. Um, but that's again, only because it, I, when I was listening, I know I want to listen to that instead, but I am still going to give it a recommendation of, yeah, I would say, check it out. It is somewhat interesting, um, in terms of some of the stuff that's there, there's some glimmer, there's some, there's some things there, but I mean, out of the 13 tracks, maybe three are really, I think worth anything, but I'm still going to give it a recommendation, Joe. I am. Yep. I am. That's a, that's the weirdest recommendation. So remember Miley Cyrus, just because he sold 27 million <laughs> and revolutionized pop music for a time, you'll never be as good as Porridge Radio, according to... I, 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 I did recommend, I did recommend a different Miley Cyrus album, sir. I did. Um, oh, yeah, I, just remember that. Like, you can put out said, like a song full of bangers, but Paul's going to recommend the boring album with the shitty song, right? <laughs> Uh, I don't think that was a boring album with shitty songwriting at all. No, I mean, that this was a, album, poor Drake. Oh, 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 this one? Again, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am, I am, I am. Because the difference there was with that album of Miley Cyrus's, you already knew the songs that were big, so there was no reason to go in and dig out the other tracks where no one knows what this is. And there are some songs here, like Flowers, like Water Slide. Um, I kind of like Splintered. Um, you know, end of last year wasn't horrible. Um, so, yes, there's some that, things. Those, those are just ringing endorsements. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't absolutely horrible. <laughs> because, again, from my <laughs> point of view of being pulled in, because, again, I am, for me it's hard because I am such a Dresden Dolls, uh, Dresden Dolls fan that this is really, really difficult for me to not every single track go, Dresden Dolls did it better. Dresden Dolls did it better. And at the end of the day, I would say, you know, 
where I would not make the recommendation. If you want to listen to the Dresden Dolls all day long, then you can skip this album. Absolutely. If you've heard the Dresden Dolls, if you like the Dresden Dolls, if you're familiar with the Dresden Dolls, this is going to come off as Dollar Store, Dollar General, um, Dresden Dolls. Or or you've heard any indie album within the last 20 years. 30, 20 years. 20 years. 22 years, last 22. Last 25 years. If you're an indie album in the last 25 years, this is going to be really derivative shit for you. And again, I will say there's a few of those songs there. So that's the key difference between like, when I make my recommendations, I look past the stuff of, okay, do you know the radio hits? Okay, so you already listened to that. So is there a reason to dig in beyond the radio hits? And that's why with Taylor Swift, I was able to go, yes, I can recommend that because there's songs that weren't on the radio on that album that actually are really good. But when it came to Miley Cyrus, I was like, the Bangers album, you heard everything that was really worth hearing off that album. There was no other reason to dig into the album. So that's part of where my recommendations come in from. So yeah, I would say I would, I know we, we talked about it. I have my issues with this album, but I do think that there's some things there that the audience may like, and I'm going to say, yes, give it, give it a check it out. Skip rotten. Skip that one. That's a terrible song, but you know, there's other things on here that are, that you may enjoy. Well, we could say that about every album we've reviewed. Paul, that's, that's no, we can't. No, yeah, we, we cannot. Can. Yeah, we, can. we absolutely can. There's, there's, uh, there's, gonna, there's an audience for everything. So did Pat Boone anyway, have a song that was I review anything? albums? My recommendation is based on if the album's good or not. This is not good, so don't. I okay. say don't listen to it. Fair enough. It's better than Pat Boone. It's better than Pat Boone. Um, yeah, to- but, but that's not really. That's like asking what's <laughs> the choice between like you know. A shit sandwich and diarrhea soup, you know. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but yeah, I, I I get why you did not like this album. Like, I totally get it. I absolutely do. And I will say the other thing with it was compared to the first listen two weeks ago, compared to now, this grew on me a little bit. It certain tracks did grow on me. So I had that experience, and I don't think you did. Absolutely not. Yeah, so there we go. All right, Joe. Huh. So, buddy, what's uh, what's going on at the Joe Down? Uh, we're going to be reviewing Clueless soon. So. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. And uh, how, how do you feel about that? Uh, I don't think I've seen it since the mid-90s, so I guess I don't really have an opinion on that. I'm interested. I'm interested. Loved your review of um of uh, last um I mean first blood by the way, loved it. Um, all right, so you guys are gonna be doing clueless. Yep. All right, Joe. Um, this 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 one went way longer than I thought it was going to this episode. Um, what uh, what why'd you ask me what we're doing next week? Paul, what are we doing next week? So. Joe, I'm going to give you a, a, a road choice here. Um, we're either going to go left, straight, or right. Um, I do want to ask you, before I give you that, actually, what is your time? I know, we're, I know audience, we're going to be another two weeks before the next episode um, as of the recording of this one because we got some things going on. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you something before I throw something on the table for my choices. Um, what kind of timeline, given it two weeks, would you have a little bit of time to dig into um uh put a little bit more thought into um 
some something that we'd be listening to. Put a lot of thought into everything we listen to. Paul. Okay, good. All right, good. I'm very offended. You didn't even bring that. Up. Oh my God, you are such a fuck. Uh, More so is your time. Yeah. I'm trying to respect your time, Joe. I'm trying to respect your time. Oh, I, I mean, I don't want to listen to a ten-hour album, Paul. That's, okay. If it's going to be like an anthology, nope. You just you, just, you know you shove that in a sack and go go away. <laughs> Like that's for an now. hour, two hours, I'm fine. But like, if we're getting past the three hour mark, then like, you know. No. Okay, that's what I want. And that's know. not even an album. That you're just picking like a, an anthology or a box set of something. So nope, nope, we're good. Okay. Yeah. So, Joe, are we going to take left, straight, or right? Paul, I'm going to go. I'm going to go hard like I do with my politics right. Oh, boy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. All right. Um, Joe picked right. So this will work out well because um, we are going – this will work out great because I'm going to give us the I, me, uh, you count on this album as we do the Dresden Dolls. <laughs> I guess they were all Dresden Dolls. They are all Dresden Dolls. And we're going to do their album, Yes, Virginia. West Virginia? Yes. Yes, Virginia. Like, yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. Okay. Who's yes. Who's the dude in this band? That weird chucklehead. Uh, Neil Pert? No. <laughs> No, it's uh, Neil uh, Gilman. Okay, Neil so, Gilman. I think it's. I think it's. I think that's who it is. Is uh, Neil she's married uh, to Neil Gaiman, who wrote? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, she's married to Neil Gaiman. Uh, it's it's Brian Valong. Brian Valong. Okay, because he brought up. You said that like, Gaiman was in the Dresden Dolls in the beginning. Yeah. So no, I'm sorry. That's her husband. We gotta go yes. get that corrected. Yep. Neil Gaiman we- was never in the Dresden Dolls. He was in the Rolling Stones. <laughs> yes, yes. No, um, Brian Long, who was in um, Violent Femmes, was in uh, Dresden Dolls. So, yes. Um, uh, yes, I apologize. That was, uh, that was my fuckery. Yeah, I was a little confused. I was like, I'm pretty sure he wrote Sandman. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he wasn't you know, like American Gods. Like... I didn't think he was in the Dresden Dolls. <laughs> yeah, that's my fault. Well, you had me so bad. I'm like, but I was too angry going into this review. To, like, I, I wish you would have. I wish you would have said something. I really. I wish was you too. Would. I, mean, I wanted. To, I wanted to get into the album, Paul. I didn't have time for that kind of fuckery, you know. Yeah. No. That's that. Well, I wish you would have done because I'm sure audience is quite good in it. Wait a minute. Hell, yeah, yeah. So, a fucking correction. idiot. We got the correction. We got it corrected. Everybody. Yes. We got it corrected. Yes. We got it corrected. And, and I want to do one plug because you last time you brought up the new Game of Thrones and uh, yes, rings. I want to recommend a documentary. Ooh, okay. It's on Shutter. Okay. Shutter has a Guar documentary. Oh my God! Yes, and it's fantastic. So people check that out. It's really good. I'm not a huge Gore fan, but I was fascinated by it. And it's called This Is Gore? Yep. 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 Okay. Yes, I apologize. So she is married to Neil Gaiman, who wrote a little known thing um, called The Sandman. 
um, and Good Omens and Coraline. <laughs> yeah, and, and he was the he was the tambourinist for the Rolling Stones. He was the tambourinist for the Rolling Stones. Um, he also um, is known for penning um, Superman, uh, being an artist um, for the Superman comics. Um, he was Beowulf. Um, <laughs> just, I'm fucking off at this point. No, um, and he was married to Charlie Cox. So, no, um, that was my mistake. That was totally my mistake. But that's, yes, that's where the, the Neil Gaiman uh, uh, collection comes in. Um, so, um, it's what that is. So, yeah, that's, that's what we're going to be doing is... Kind of a follow-up, which I think is interesting that um, that we're going to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we got that, which is nice. Um, all right. So you gave the plug um, for the war documentary. Um, anything else we got going on, Joe? No. No, we don't. Okay. All right. Do you want to take us out? Absolutely not. This has been Rate That Album with Paul Muadib and Joe Fremming. Thank you for listening.